Hello. Oh. Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's now recording. I can see that. Okay. Hi. We're here. We did it. Yay. We did it. We're Zen casting. Yep. We're trying a new thing. See how it works. Um, it is just feels more rare that we're in the same place at the same time. I know. With the ability to do what we got to do. So yeah. here we are. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's uh, technology. Anyway, who cares? Uh, hi, how are you? Who <laughs> gives a shit? <laughs> hi, um, I'm Jenny Zagrino, and I'm a comedian. And I'm Kat Eves, and I'm a stylist. And this? And this is... Gotti. Gotti Positive. That's the metal version. Gotti Positive. Gotti, 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 Gotti. It's like a real 80s metal version, and I like it. I like it. Chug, 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 chug. Um, chug, 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 chug. <laughs> double, double bass. Now I, do, I could do a, a new metal version. Yeah. Yeah. I, like a hardcore uh, version, maybe, even. Oh, wait. I want to hear your new metal one, actually. I'm gaudy positive, and the pain in my heart. Something about... Uh, you know, reaching the edge. I'm on the edge. Gotti positive. Uh, They're always on the edge. It's true. You know what? They're never just there. They yeah. never just make. There's. You're right. There's no like new metal or hardcore or metal song about being there. It's always about being close to it. Um, <laughs> Whatever it is, we're, we're on the edge of it. Are you just thinking of Creed right now? Well, no, but all of them are like, I'm about to break. Yeah. I'm on the edge. Oh, my God. Uh, I, you know, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to fall, jump. I'm about to break. Grind. I'm about to burn. Everything you say to me. One step closer. This is my last resort. Yeah. Yeah. This is my last resort. They're, they're like, at least they're giving it a chance, you know? I'm on the outside. <laughs> now I'm looking in. Uh, <laughs> God, I could do this for a while. Wow. I, I have this new joke that I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah. Um, cause I did Creed karaoke at the West End comedy festival. Very fun. And they were like, well, it has to be a joke related. So I wrote this joke where I'm like, you know, of all the generations, we really should be watching out for Gen X because they give us new metal. Uh. <laughs> like the, first, the first Gen X president is just going to be like, Putin, you better back up. This is my last resort. <laughs> Suffocation? No, there will be bleeding, Putin. I don't give a fuck if you cut my arm bleeding. I don't even. Was that the words? Yeah. Uh, Hesitation? No. No, something. Don't give a fuck if I cut my arm bleeding. Yeah, I think you might be right. I mean, it was bad. I did meet them. You did? Yeah, when I was young, I went to like 93X Fest and they were signing stuff. Wow. Uh, and how was it? I think Did you fall in love? Well, it's like, I know, not at all. But I do think about it like 
here were like some 20 something year old dudes who just wanted to like fuck chicks yeah. and write angry music on tour. And then they had to like sit while like a line of teenagers were like, can I have your autograph? I'm <laughs> so angry. And I just like, what a mind fuck that must've been for them. You think so? I think they were probably just like, this is fucking great. I think so. Yeah. But definitely, like, I mean, like, okay, think about the band Corn. Like, I wasn't the only teenager that was in love with Corn. Yeah. There were lots of underage girls that were in love with Corn. Yeah. They became pop stars. I think they loved it. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying they loved teenage girls, all of them. Um, which is yeah, a, that's about right. Which is another reason we should be looking out for Gen X. Yep. Right. I love teenage girls. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Um, ooh, yeah. So this episode we're talking about vaginas. Vaginas. Mm-hmm. Vajayjays, as yep. Oprah calls them. Um, so I'm like, I call my little Vladimir putting out. <laughs> Why are you so goddamn clever? You're so clever. <laughs> clever girl. Well, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because when I was thinking about what we should talk about this episode, I've been we've been wanting, I know we both have been wanting to talk about vaginas for a while, but um, the, the thing that I originally started with was like, new things to be insecure about in 2023. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like- All right, what's on the list? Yeah, there's a whole list because, you know, here we are. We're shifting. Nobody wants to do body positivity anymore. Um, They want to get buckle fat removal. And it's so funny because, of course, you know, not five minutes ago, it was all about having a face full of fillers and the Kylie Jenner lips and all of that. And now Kylie is out. Kendall is in. And it's all about. Did you see the. The weasel body. Weasel body. So everybody wants a weasel bod. Oh, where it's like a long slender. Yeah, like you can just slip in and out of water like unnoticed. (laughs) I did not know this was called a weasel body. Got a weasel bod. It's like, I just want to be able to slip under doorways. Oh my God. Unnoticed. Wow. That's... uh... Mm. That, uh, yeah, I would have called that a, like a salamander body. I'm thinking salamander, also cockroach. <laughs> guess, guess what also uh, can like, you know, go unnoticed in small areas, cockroaches. Yeah, but cockroaches don't have that like wiry frame. They're a little bit more tank-like. Yeah, yeah. but they can flatten out really easily. <laughs> and just like... Just like, uh, you know, a lot of women, you turn the light on, they scatter. Is this like a real, like, who framed Roger Rabbit kind of thing? Like the scene where you take the steamroller and you just press the person out? Everybody wants to I think that's going to be the next. Is like the next spot is like, how to become 2D. I love the idea. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I love the idea that, like, the next fitness thing is, like, how to just be as flat as paper. Um, Yeah. Like, you got to be wide still. You have to be wide. Yeah. You're supposed to be wide. 
but smooth on both sides. No butt, yeah. no boobs, no stomach, none of it. Yeah. None of it. We don't want it. We want a flat body. Yeah, a flat. But yeah, so weasel bod, that's what's in. <laughs> uh, little weasels. I, I, You know what? Much Not to be confused with ferret bod. <laughs> <laughs> They're so different. They're so different. I think salamander bod feels right to me, but that's, yeah. you know, when I think that, of like, that, I know Bella Hadid now has the ideal body type, apparently. And oh, that, yeah, that buckle fat is definitely a salamander vibe. Yeah, it's a salamander. I'm not going with weasel. Yeah. I refuse. It's a salamander. Um, yeah, so, and I love salamanders, so no salamander hate. But also, like, I'm really not into, I'm never going to be into the thing where it's like, this body type is on trend now. Everybody else is fucking disgusting. You know, it's yeah. boring. <laughs> boring. I'm also not ever going to be on for uh, comparing women's body to anything that's not a human. Yeah, like, that's fair. Also, how do you want to get this unicorn bod? Like, I just feel like it's, like, so corny. I just think it's really fucking corny that people are out there being like, I have to have a salamander bod or a weasel bod or whatever. Just because I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so, like, get an original idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, you you don't have a creative bone in your body if that's what you decide. That's that's the altar you decide to worship on. Um. Yeah. I'm judging you, but not for the reasons that you think. I'm judging you because you're boring <laughs> and basic. Um, but I, you know, I'm excited to talk about vaginas um, because. Uh, Wait, but what was this? What else was on this list? Because you just said that, like. Oh, right, right, right. Well, that was the thing. Is that so? I was excited to talk about vaginas because the first thing I was going with in terms of new things to be insecure about in 2023 was buckle fat and like now people getting, okay, actually now people are getting their fillers dissolved. Yeah, I did see that. And I, here's what I learned. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. It's not a, it's like you expect there's going to be a needle involved. So like obviously a needle's going to hurt. Do you know, have you heard the description of what it feels like to get your filler dissolved? No. Uh, no. One person described it as your body being filled with acid. <gasps> no. I don't know if that's for everybody, but like, it, you know, uh, not doesn't sound good. Does not sound like a like a day you want to be you want to be uh, taking part in. I think I would be asleep that day. I would be busy that day. Like, oh my god! Right. Uh, so yeah, um, it's also really funny because of course the thing that's happening now in the discussion around the buckle fat, this is the other thing too, is like people are talking about getting their buckle fat removed for people who don't know what that means. It's the fat that's naturally occurring on the inside of your cheeks. And the thing about yeah. this is we do not know how to, you cannot put it back once it's gone. So you know, there's already like a lot of concerns about, and there's a lot of plastic surgeons out there saying, I'm not going to do this for people because, um, once it's gone, it's gone. I can't replace it. So if this is a body trend that people are taking part in, um, they need to understand what the real inherent risks are. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's weird because it's like, you're, you will, um, lose that fat as you age anyways. Right. 
So once once it's gone, it's like, it's just weird. It's you're going to age faster. Yeah. There is this really weird, it, there is such, it's such a weird trend. Yeah. That's happening. That's like, again, the imperfect, the, the body that cannot be achieved, look old, but look young. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, we're making everyone look a little older and more mature because we have higher cheekbones, but that's also how you're going to look when you're old. And then also, but still be young and like a baby, be a baby, an old baby. Be an old baby. Yeah. Cause like, remember, you know, with fillers and everything, it was really about having this like very youthful kind of like plump face where you had all the structure. And of course I can't talk about fillers and not talk about Madonna's face at the Grammys, which I'm not judging either way, but like that face is a result of trends and body standards and what, how we feel getting old. So now for people in their twenties and thirties to say, I want to have a more mature look. And that is what we're talking about, um, is really interesting. It's kind of funny because on the one hand, I'm like, oh no, this buckle fat thing feels like a really bad, dangerous idea. It's not an easy thing because you have to actually, they have to go in and extract it. It's not like they're just stick like by comparison, fillers is, is, is a lot, is a lot easier, um, procedurally. Yeah. But, um, the other thing about it though, is just the, like on, on the one hand, I'm like, Ugh. and on the other hand, I'm like, oh, is it, is it so terrible that people want to look a little older for a change? <laughs> um, like, I, yes. <laughs> like Gen Z Gen Z is doing things like, I don't, have you seen the makeup tutorials on uh, TikTok where Gen Z is showing people how to give themselves under eye circles? Yes. Yes. About like looking tired is like the thing. Cause it's a very Billie Eilish thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to look tired and gaunt, that's what's in now. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, it's a little bit, it feels like nobody wants to say that it's the same as heroin, heroin chic of the 90s, but that is obviously what it is. Yeah. Is it offensive it's, to say heroin chic? Sure, but who cares? Um, <laughs> I don't think it is. That's what it was. I don't know. I think also, too, though, I think the thing that was so striking about the Madonna thing as well was all, like... There is something about Madonna that is her her whole vibe is like very youth clingy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right. And that's why it was I think that's why it was like partially so abrasive to see yeah. her because it wasn't just that there that she had a lot of work done. It was like the whole thing with the hair and the outfit and all that. It was all still very youth stuff like youth vibe. Yeah. But you know, I'm sure when I'm that age, I'm going to, I'm going to be fucking, how do I like feeling weird and being like, how do I be relevant? Right. Well, I think one of the things things that's really interesting is like, have you ever seen Madonna in the same room with another old person? No. (laughs) Right. Like when's the last time you saw Madonna, like a photograph or a video of her. But also the other thing that's so interesting about Madonna is that, 
this is a situation like she can't really control all of the angles and the retouching and all of the things that she normally has control over when she's posting to social media or putting out a music video or whatever it might be. She doesn't have control over it. So that face is not brand new as of the day before the Grammys, you know, it's just that she has done and everybody knows she's doing a heavy amount of retouching, but it's sort of the other side. This is the other side of like, if you're somebody who's, who's heavily filtering yourself, like, when people see you in person, they're going to know what the real truth is. And so I think that's yeah. the interesting thing is just like she is such a filter queen and such a retouching queen. And then she finds herself. It's it's sad in a way, right? Because I know everybody wants to talk about like, oh, fillers and everything else. I'm really more interested in what happens when you are somebody who has been creating an image of yourself that's really not rooted that's not at all rooted in reality and then you have to show your face in real life and um it makes me sad because you know like I hope that she's happy with all of it and that she likes the way that she looks like that's the thing that would be the best situation if she's like nah I like this you know I don't think that that's true based on how things show up when she has basically, you know, control of the narrative and the visuals and what you see. But yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it makes me sad that, um, that that is the cycle. Cause that's coming from a place of like, you, like you said, like wanting to chase that relevance and also, um, you know, just not, not feeling comfortable with aging, which, is fair. Uh, I think we're all afraid of aging. Um, I would, well, maybe not everybody. That's something I'd like to work on. I just don't know how yet. <laughs> well, it's also like, you know, what's a great natural filter. Get fat. Touche. Get fat. Fill it up. Madonna, have you thought? Y'all don't want to do it. Y'all don't want to do that. Y'all. And I think I almost feel like it is a thing where the minute we kind of get close to like any kind of fat, might be accepted yeah thing they just take it from us right right like with the buckle fat and with the emergence of very like delia's thin catalog Mm -hmm. you know every shirt is a belly shirt Mm -hmm. every shirt is tiny Mm -hmm. and like if i was a teenager now i mean i remember what it was like when i was a teenager then at least like there were a lot of options yeah and now it's like it's just if you want to be trendy you have to show your midriff mm. which is like fine if you want to but also how about an option where like you what if you just don't want to what if uh yeah I mean I think that there can be broader there are broader trends than that like I know baggy clothing is really in right now but I agree with you. But it's that baggy clothing that's like, you know what kind of baggy clothing it is. Yeah. No, but I have seen, I've seen the kids, the youth wearing baggier stuff like oversized sweaters and all of that too. So, you know, there is a spectrum to that. But I do think that overall that is the imagery that the industry is trying to push forward is is still very thin, thin, thin. It's definitely yeah. like, how do we get... How do we get you all into a weasel body today? Um, yeah. Get your weasel body at the door, baby. <laughs> For a mere $70,000, you too, you too can, can have a, Yeah. You can be a 
um what is it oh my god what's like a just your skeleton can be removed from your body (laughs) and you can also be you know but also have the face of a sharp (laughs) like uh wooden statue i don't know it's so fucked up it's like the face has to be sharp but the body has to be tiny and slim and right no definition well and you want to be a ghost here you go right exactly and i think that this is like everybody wants to be exceptional deep down and so you know for women in particular the idea of exceptionality is still rooted in our bodies um but i think that if nothing else at the same time we look at um uh how silly that is because because you've got I love the Hadid sisters as an example because you've got Gigi and you've got Bella. And for a long time, everybody was like, Gigi is the most beautiful woman in the world. And now everybody's like, Gigi's out. Bella's in. And it's it's so silly because yeah. it's like no, neither one of those women stopped being beautiful. They're both beautiful. Yeah. So like I'm not worried. Like I just wish people could like chill the fuck out. It's like these people – beauty is still beauty. Like the – Chasing one narrow version of a beauty standard does not make you more or less attractive. Yeah. Attractive. I think this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say that Bella Hadid has a um, asymmetrical hair part, like almost a widow's peak. She has kind of a widow's peak and that's disgusting. Oh no, stop that. No, I'm going to, I'm going to give her, I'm going to give her that insecurity. Okay. Okay. Fine. That's what I'm doing. All right. Well, I don't uh, like it. And I set the beauty standards. No weasels <laughs> with fucking widow peaks. <laughs> oh, uh, you- everyone who's listening who has a widow's peak, you're excluded from this. Okay. <laughs> you can be a weasel with a widow's peak. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. You I can listen- be a little Dracula rodent. You can be but not Dracula. Bella. A Dracula salamander. Um, I think that this is all great, all well and good. I also am wondering, like, how much, how long do we uh, make your prediction, Jenny? How long do you think we are still going to be chasing the beauty standards set by the Kardashians and Jenners? I don't know. I just, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like, I don't know that there is anybody in history who has had a longer reign and control over beauty standards, or at least setting standards pretty, I would, maybe not control, but like they set standards. And I really wonder how long that's going to be true, especially given the fact that like right now with the buckle fat thing and dissolving fillers, like Kendall's kind of the only one among all of them who really fits that. Well, yeah, she's like the one that has the least done. Yeah, but she's had work done. Yeah. Yeah, they all. I said the, the least. There was- well, who knows? We don't know. Maybe she has a complete like vaginal reconstruction. <laughs> it's all internal, actually. The new. Yeah, she actually <laughs> got her organs turned around. The hottest thing is a spleen on the opposite. She has a front butt now, and and uh, (laughs) yeah, waiting for the. She shits out of her belly button now. (laughs) That's where she put her colon. 
<laughs> Ew, butts are only for sex now. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. You know, I mean, what a time to be alive. I think so on that note, though, that is a nice lead into the next part of new things to be insecure about uh, in 2023 is Kourtney Kardashian. Uh, and this is what brings yeah. us to today's topic of discussing vaginas. Um, so Kourtney Kardashian has just launched a brand new vagina vitamin called Lemmy Purr. And uh, it's for vagina health. And here's the thing I will say about this. Um, you know, there are people like a gynecologist who literally wrote the book called The Vagina Bible, already calling these vitamins a grift. Um, yeah. Urging people to stop taking health advice from celebrities and people on TikTok. I get it. She's right. She's right. But also at the same yeah. time, I think there is so much that we don't know about vaginas at this point <laughs> still. And there's so much that has gone understudied, underfunded in study um, that it, it kind of like, it, I'm not surprised that this is going to be the new avenue. Be, and I'm, I'm actually like hoping, here's my hope. My hope is that okay. with all of this bullshit stuff that's going to come out, all the supplements and things they're going to like purport to make your vagina you know, prettier and, and smell different and all of these different things that like, maybe that will prompt more actual study. Um, yeah, that's my own, that's my like looking for the silver lining in this shitstorm. But, um, yeah, uh, we, we know so little, we still know so, so little about vaginas. You on the other hand have been steeped in vagina research uh, over the I last, have. however long, how long so my whole life, my forever till since the internet came about, since I do want to say I am looking at this article and it's like, you know, like her vagina pills are like to make your vagina taste good. Mm -hmm. Give your vagina the sweet treat and turn it into a sweet treat. You know what they say. You are what you eat. So it's basically like, Hey, uh, change the way your vagina tastes. It's, and it's a pineapple like, gum. That's, yeah, it's pineapple. They're like, that's stupid. And, but I'm kind of like, hey, man, if there was a pill that was like, make cum taste great, I'd be like, let's do it. <laughs> right. If guys right were like, now. oh, you should enjoy the natural taste of my cum, I'd be like, you're a loser. doesn't work that way. I hate you. I hate your cum. Yeah. I want it to taste good. Yeah. It it doesn't work that way. Um you know, it just is like, they're just going to, body, body fluids are not for everybody. <laughs> they're just, I mean, they're just not, I get it. Yeah. Some people seem to really have a taste for that. Others, not so much, but that does not mean that there's anything wrong with your bodily fluids. It just means that, uh, I don't know, nature fucked up. Yeah. Well, sometimes it does mean something's wrong. Well, true, true. Touche. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is that there's something to like the natural smell and taste of things, which is just, in my opinion, like just not interesting. And then yeah. there's like, oh, that really smells or that really tastes bad where you're like, okay, maybe yeah. there's something going on there. Yeah. Hmm. But I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I don't want something like, oh, vaginas are inherently gross. Right. They're not great. 
but whatever it's it's a vagina i don't know and there are some dudes who love it dudes some dudes are just like any dude though who's like i fucking love eating pussy i'm like go away oh man um yeah oh, I-, I love it i oh i'm so good at it i just oh. i'm like oh go like i don't know go away i think that that's a that's an interesting one because i think there's like on the one hand it's like that should be great and i'm i'm glad that those men exist but also at the same time there's that other thing where uh, the inescapable thing wherein sometimes men the 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 pleasure the the outcome of it they're they're not getting joy necessarily just from making you happy it's really about them and their own ego so yeah. You know, the inescapable thing where it's always about men. I'm just kidding. I, I, I actually, if men are like, I'd rather men be more like that than the, than the alternative of like, ew, vaginas are gross. Yeah. You know, um, especially when you go on the horrors of places like Twitter and you see all the things of like men who clearly do not know how periods work and don't know what a tampon does and all of that. So yeah. Um, I'd rather have men who are obsessed with, uh, with a woman's pleasure and want to learn how to, to keep doing that and make that a skill versus, uh, men who are like, I don't know. I don't think you should take a tampon out when having sex. Like those kind of men I can, I could do with less of. Um, but the thing about the, the Lemmy Purr, so Kourtney Kardashian's uh, vagina yeah. vitamins. The issue isn't is so basically like it's like a pineapple. It's like pineapple and um, a, a probiotic. Yeah, it doesn't. Which many gynecologists have been like, don't don't take probiotics. Most of the time, they're dead. Yeah, it's not real. Eat yogurt. Yeah, it seems to me like you're probably just. It's like more of a. It's a gimmick, right? And it's not regulated by the FDA, and so. We have the, and that's the supplement industry in general. So, you know, yeah. If you, and, and also, the, I guess the pineapple thing has been debunked, but, you know, if you, if there's nothing wrong with eating pineapple. And there's also not pro, these, these gummies, it doesn't seem like they're inherently going to harm anything. It's just probably not going to do anything. And it's also, it goes back to that sort of like misogynist idea that like, there's something inherently wrong with vaginas to where they need to be improved. And I just don't buy into that. I think that men see a hole and they get turned on already. So like, stop trying to figure out how to optimize your vagina, <laughs> do some kegels, but cause like, that's good for your pelvic floor. But like, uh, you know, do you, but I'm a high value woman with a high value pussy. It's again, this is like new things to be insecure about in 2023. <laughs> Right? Uh, yep. So we just weren't insecure about yeah. it. And that's the thing I think the Kardashians have made a gold mine in is finding new things for you that you didn't you didn't even think about before that now you're like, well, I have to have that. Yeah. Um and I'm not even a Kardashian hater, you know. I'm sort of like a Kardashian neutral. <laughs> like uh. <laughs> they just do things and you go, why? doing this. yeah this is one where it's like and then here's the other thing too is like i of course went did a little did a little playing around on tiktok just to see what people were saying and it's so funny to me because nobody can talk about whether or not the product actually does anything 
first of all, probably because they just got the product and then it launched. So all you see is a bunch of videos of people like taking their gummies in the morning and making it part of their morning routine. And then, so it's like, okay, so you took a, you know, it's like, it's an ad. All of them are just very ad like, but nobody is like, oh my God, everything is so much better. My boyfriend is like telling me or my girlfriend or my them friend, whatever, you know, like nobody's, nobody's got any results from it because there aren't going to be any. It's just, it's, you know, maybe it's placebo effect. I'd buy that, but yeah. Yeah. There's nobody, there's no case studies that you're going to find from vagina things. Uh, Here's the other thing. Kourtney Kardashian is not the first person to launch something like this. In fact, she's the second person I've seen this week who was hawking vagina health gummies. So, Oh, who else? So the other one was an influencer whose name, I, I didn't track it at the time. I didn't realize that I was going to be going on this journey at the moment. But I ra- okay. randomly see this video on Reels of a um, a woman who, <laughs> I don't know why this came up, but I kind of loved it. It was sugar baby content. Have you seen these videos where you, the person holds up two index cards uh, facing them? There's a message facing them that says, like, one thing says, like, take me shopping. And then the other one says, like, marry, marry me or something like that. And then the person yeah. on the other side picks the card and they don't know which one they picked. Um, so this has been like a trend on on the socials. And so this one woman did a sugar baby one where she had her sugar daddy pick things and it would be like, take me on a shopping spree, whatever. So I was yeah. like, okay, what is going on? Because I'd never seen one like this before. And I was kind of like intrigued. And I went to her profile and she promotes being a sugar baby and she promotes uh, vagina, uh, uh, supplements that she sells to other babies. Oh, well, you know what? Keep it in the sugar baby community. Okay. A a real cottage industry, these things. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) I might have to go down a sugar baby, sugar daddy, uh, wormhole here one of these days. Like, I think I need to know more about this world, but, um, so, I mean, I tried to get in that world and, uh, you know, it's, a hard one to get into. Yeah, I believe it. We might, maybe we should do a like gaudy positive sugar baby journey and see if we can do like a two for, you know, two for one. And also too, the kind of cool thing actually about being a sugar baby is the ones that I've seen, you wouldn't even call them like, uh, you know, um, like stereotypically hot. Yeah. Like it's like a sugar baby's come in all sizes. Yeah. All shapes. I think we do a two for Jenny. Let's do it. I, we, we should do it. All right. Um, good. That, glad we settled that. Yeah. So, so I'll tell you this about what I know about vagina Please. health. Um, it's been a journey yes. for me. I don't think I'm alone in saying that like my, uh, vagina journey has been a struggle. Um, it's been difficult to speak to partners about my vagina journey in some ways mm. because, um, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like I feel like I have, uh, <laughs> I kind of have like ED, but you know, just that sometimes my vagina just doesn't work. It yeah. just doesn't cooperate. Can you and it's um, usually after. So I have a condition and it's taken a very long time to get there mm. to find this stuff. So first off I have endometriosis, mm-hmm. which is, 
debilitating in its own way. Um, and probably from undiagnosed endo, which is also like, they can't really do much about it. I probably have some scar tissue built up in my pelvic floor. And I have a condition called hypotonic pelvic floor, which means that my pelvic floor is extremely tight. So while a lot of people are off trying to do Kegels to keep their shit tight, mine is already very tight and it causes a lot of problems. Mm. So like, um, you know, I, for a while was seeing, was seeing a, uh, pelvic floor therapist who would get in there and like manually, um, relax muscles, but it is just like a process of, of like being aware and like, I'm sure if like you just took us, took like a little, um, what's it called? A, uh, a little survey of your body right now. Mm-hmm. You'd probably notice that you're probably holding on to some shit in your pelvic floor. Yep. Interesting. Cause sometimes like I'll relax it and it feels like my insides are going to fall out of my body. Oh, interesting. Right. Cause I'm just so tight down there all the time. I'm always stressed out huh. and it's like, a, it's stress. It's stress. It's like trauma. It's women. We hold a lot of trauma in our hips and in our pelvic floor. Yep. Which is where like, if we want to get wooey about it, it's our root chakras down there. Mm. And you know, it's connected to, for me at least, and again, this is my experience, it's connected to um, being in a fat body my whole life and right. having to suck in all the time. Like as women, all we, like we suck in all the time, mm-hmm. which is really bad for your pelvic floor. Is it? Um, yeah. I did not know that. That's because it, it tightens all the muscles and it's not not to like exercise, but it's like it, it can be really harmful to like suck in all the time. We are like, um, you know, seated positions can be difficult if you're seated all the time. So we just have jobs that kind of suck for our pelvic floor. Yep. Also too, like, um, so much of your ability to be safe is in, is embedded in your root chakra which is embedded in your pelvic floor, your sense of being is rooted there. And if that's off energetically, it can be a whole thing. So mm-hmm. like I've gone to um, medicine women, I've gone to pelvic floor specialists, I've gone to gynecologists, mm-hmm. I've gone to everything. And I also do want to say that I can have sex pretty normally. It's the stuff afterwards. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Things. So there's a lot of like afterwards shit that goes wrong after um and it's also tied to my eating disorder for like 15 years I was you know sorry trigger warning to everybody right now bulimia I was bulimic for 15 years and that that muscle to like push out food wow that is affected like one of my pelvic floor specialists was like excited to be working on someone with an eating disorder. Whoa, really? She was like, she was like, I really, you know, I, I want to see what this is like. There is a connection. I know there's a connection and she was great. And you know, I just, am like open to, to doing anything. I've had a woman 
called the Womb Witch, who for like almost an hour was just digging around in there. Yeah. Can you talk um, about your experience of visiting the Womb Witch and like why were you there and what what was it like? So it's, you know, it's okay. I Again, I'm a wooey lady, right? <laughs> so I'm a little bit of the woo. And so I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'll do it. So, you know, she goes in and it's a lot of muscle release because your pelvic floor isn't just your vagina. It's your butt. It's in your thighs. Mm-hmm. It's in your abdomen. It's a whole network. Um, it's your back. So like, that's why when you have period pain, you can have like back pain. Yeah. Um, things like that because it's it's all connected. So like it's starting off with like massage of like working those muscles. And then you have so many muscles just even like on the outside of like the labia and the pubic bone. And so she works on those and then she goes inside and works. And her way of thinking is that like we hold on to these different traumas and things in our pelvic floor and she tries to kind of work that out almost like a somatic healing. So if you ever had like any kind of somatic work, it's like, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's the idea that the body holds on to experiences and trauma. Yeah. And, you know, she was digging around in there like, to corners of my body. I didn't even know existed. Mm. And it was like, she's like, that's an old, she's like, this feels old. This feels like an old trauma. And she hit another side and was like, this feels like a new one. Huh. So she's, so, okay. So she's digging around in there and she's like, you've got trauma in here and I can feel it kind of like, like, does she explain what that means? Like I'm picturing, you know, when you go get a massage, someone will be like, oh, you've got a big old knot in your neck or whatever. Is it kind of like that? Yeah, but it's like, okay. Like, um, so on my, um, I had a lot of issues on my right side recently. Mm Mm-hmm. And I went and saw my medicine lady and she talked about how that's, that is my masculine side. Mm -hmm. And she did some work, some energy work and was like, your masculine side is like really, is really kind of messed up and tense, which had been kind of an issue just in life of like my masculine energy recently has felt very overpowering. Mm. And I don't feel connected to my feminine side. Mm. And I think that in the, it's like, well, okay, whatever they've mapped out where, what these traumas mean, et cetera. And that left side or that right side was, was tight in specific places. My right side is very tight. Mm. Like my pelvic floor, like doctor, it's so funny. It's like they, they'll push on something on the inside and I'll feel it somewhere else in my body start to loosen. Interesting. That's like reflexology. It's like, yeah. It's like she'll push on the inside wall and I'll feel it in my butt, <laughs> like in my uh, glutes on like the other hip. And I'm yeah. just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's wild. And yeah. And it's kind of like, so hypotonic pelvic floor is, Um, the muscles get super tight. So it's like something that might happen is like, I'll have sexual intercourse in the moment. It's dope. It's great. Loving it. Everything is awesome. Mm -hmm. The next day, and it could be mental Mm -hmm. as well as physical is my entire pelvic floor will tighten up 
Mm-hmm. And for years, I thought it was, I was getting a UTI, I was getting a yeast infection, I was getting something. So I was crazy treating it, yep. which made everything worse. And then it turns out that a lot of it is actually just the muscles tightening and the muscles when they tighten can mimic a UTI. They can mimic the pain of a yeast infection. See, this is so fascinating. This is where we get into some of the the science of this stuff too, is like the reason why you have people like a womb witch or you have um, women wanting to go outside of Western medicine is because Western medicine really doesn't know a lot (laughs) still about vaginas. Can I just tell you, not to like totally derail this, but just for us, can I give a quick timeline of where we're at with some, some of this stuff? Yeah. So this is really about the clitoris, but it, but it relates it, it all, it all, all that shit is together. Just to give an example of how little we really know about vaginas. Um, so the first images like considered to be like anatomically correct images uh, that we yeah. sort of just like generally agree on is um, those existed in a book in 1982. Wow. Yeah. Right. No, it gets worse. So the first time we had like what were potentially anatomically correct uh, images of the clitoris that we know of are from a book uh, that was published in 1982. It was created by the Feminist Women's Health Centers. By the way, let's just say, okay, this is an argument for feminism. We didn't fucking know what the clitoris looked like in medical imaging until 1982. And it, and that is because a feminist women's health center said, you know what? Enough is enough. We got to know how this shit works. Um, yep. So thank you, feminists. Thank you, feminism. Uh, You want to know how they did it? How? They studied their own orgasms to create the images. (laughs) Right? Okay. Like, we had... It's not like gynecologists didn't exist before 1982. It's not like there wasn't the study of sex. But somehow, this very important thing was left unstudied or or left without image, without anatomical imaging until 1982. Um, But then like the, that's not like, that's not even like a a truly scientific approach. That's like scratching the surface. Right. So then it wasn't until 1998. So more than a decade later that there was a, and thank you, Dr. Helen O'Connell. Yes. A lady doctor who was the first one to study clits studying the clitoris yeah. on cadavers. Wow. So we didn't really have a study of the clitoris until 1982. That is not, that is wild and not surprising. You want to know what's even wilder? What? We didn't do a MRI. It's called an fMRI to fully map out yeah. the clitoris. Same doctor, Dr. Helen O'Connell until 2005. Oh my God. This century. We've been having vaginas this whole time. The whole time. The whole time. <laughs> whole time. Whole time. But we didn't know, we didn't have a true MRI to fully map it out until 2005. Like, no wonder we're all still like, no wonder you're like, I don't know if I have, I think I have a UTI or maybe it's a yeast infection or whatever. I don't know. Like, of course, that's where you're at. 
because we didn't have any oh, yeah. figured out until 2005 to begin with, with just the clitoris. And I was having sex in 2005. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had gone to so many doctors and to the point where like, they're just like, okay, we're just going to give you antibiotics, take them once a week or yeah. take, you know, your, take this pill, take that. And it just would like, my doctor would like roll their eyes at me. Yep. And I'd be like, something is wrong. There's so many things like we know that this it's old. It's an old story that like medical professionals, even women doctors have a tendency to not believe yeah. women at a higher as at high of a rate as men or at as high of a rate. I actually, well, can I shout out to my, um, uh, my brother's uh, ex-wife uh, and sister-in-law, Neva, who is a pelvic floor specialist Yes, specifically like for women and pregnancy. Like she opened up my eyes to this and was like, you need to go see a pelvic floor specialist. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's go. That's the stuff you need to be doing. Like you, you can't, these doctors don't know Well, your primary care is just gonna be like, I don't know. Here's some more antibiotics. See a gynecologist. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go to a gynecologist and that you'll see in two months. Right. And by then, like, you know, how many, how many relationships have ended or just not, I've just bothered not to start because I'm just too scared of like the level of rejection. Uh, I saw a study that was like in two, in like 2005 or something, $20 million, this was for the NHS had been put into studying, um, ED Mm -hmm. and, compared to the 5 million that was spent for women's health issues. I think it's so interesting because it's a, it's really frustrating. And it's also like, it's frustrating that we're not, we're still at that, like equal rights doesn't exist. But I also think that the, the other thing that frustrates me about this is that men are impacted by this. I don't make fun of men with ED because I feel like, you know, it's, it is a medical condition. It's really hard. Uh, it's also like a mental health. It's related to mental health as well, or it can be. And I don't want. I don't want to exist in a space where I'm like shaming men for something that is a really tough thing. It's also tough for me, or for you, or for anybody who is having yeah. erectile dysfunction, or anybody who is the partner of somebody with erectile dysfunction. That's really hard. But um, I, at the same time. You know, it is really frustrating that we aren't given the same level of respect and treatment and study for women's bodies when all of the things that we experience are just as frustrating for for our partners, you know? Um, Yeah. And I know, I realized too, and like, it's very easy to fall into this thing of like talking about this in the binary. I want to acknowledge that, of course, there are people with vaginas who do not, who are not women and there are people with vaginas who are not men. And so I just want to say that because I I understand it's really easy to talk about it in that way. Um, But, you know, it it is so frustrating that um, we're at this place where we know one of these, one of those two things gives life. You know, you got to have the other one to make it happen. So I'm not trying to diminish the value of a penis. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, the one of them gives life and the other one does not. And we're yeah. still at this place of like, I don't know, like a whole fucking baby comes out of that thing. 
and we still don't yeah. know how it works. <laughs> I, I just, you know, yeah, it's crazy to me that we're at this point. Or it's just like, it's like, it, it's, we're just going to give you the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And then people call me crazy for like getting energy work, which honestly has been the most helpful and call it placebo what you want. But like, I did this ceremony with my medicine lady. Shout out to Florena, medicine woman. She's yes, dope. she's the best. Um, I had such an improvement in my endometriosis symptoms. Mm. Like it was, it was like what twenty five to fifty percent. Like it's, wow. even if it was ten percent, I'd be like, that's dope, you know. But it's like, um, it's like, well, okay, so. Clearly, women have always had to take care of their own health care. Mm-hmm. So that's I'll I'll go backwards. I'll go back to like ancient studies mm-hmm. and see if there's anything there. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you it know? is funny given that like there's some things about ancient studies that are totally loop de doo. Like, you know, you have the, you have joked in your stand up about it. You want to talk about the wandering womb? Yeah. So <laughs> In, so in my in my studies, so um, in ancient Greeks thought, you know, for all of their, um, you know, wonderful philosophy and, you know, <laughs> thoughts on man, they thought that the womb could dislocate from its place and it would just go around the body and cause ailments. So it would just like knock around on your spleen and just <laughs> beat the shit out of it and that was what caused problems and see it's so funny is that you said that like to lure it back they'd use perfume Mm -hmm. i read that they would use like meat like a tapeworm (laughs) like foul smelling things would lure the vagina back into place and it's like the crazy thing is is like this is not new like it was up until like 2009 the uh head guy of the federation for ski jumping in america thought that women shouldn't be allowed to ski jump because our uteruses would explode. Oh my God. Yeah. Like we would hit the ground with such force. No other organ would explode, but our uteruses would. You know, what's so interesting to me about that? Like I, I, women been ski jumping. Like we've we've been doing that. So, uh, that's a new t-shirt. Women be ski jumping. (laughs) No, but like we have been, we've been doing that. And so it's crazy to me because I'm like, does he just think that like every woman who's been ski jumping up until that point was like secretly exploding their uteruses? Yep. Just a bunch of busted <laughs> uteruses. What an interesting, but like backwards, 2009, is that what you said? That was, yeah, it was like 2009. Oh like God. it's that, I mean you know, the first woman to run the Boston marathon, you know, doctors were like, women shouldn't run marathons because it will loosen, like their vaginas will loosen out of place or their uteruses. Like it was just crazy. By the way, that can happen. You know, women do get hysterectomies because their uterus drops. It is not related to, uh, no, that's a pelvic floor disorder. (laughs) That is your pelvic floor muscles are weak and can't hold it in place. And so it just like prolapses out of you. It also happens if you have like a lot of kids, like, yeah, there's a lot. We, of we're not ta- And also too, 
men suffer from pelvic floor disorders as well. Yeah. Like, it's not just a lady thing. It's anyone of any gender can suffer from pelvic floor disorders. Wow. And it affects singers a lot. It affects people who um, breathe, like, and speak. So, like, public speaking can be affected. Interesting. Because we don't breathe correctly. We breathe from our chests. Mm-hmm. Everything is very shallow. So those muscles aren't engaged correctly. So we need to be breathing through our diaphragms is what you're saying. Yes. And like, actually, if you want to loosen your pelvic floor, deep belly breaths, just lay on your back, do some deep belly breaths. Because when you do that, it actually expands the muscles of the pelvic floor to get to like a more of a relaxed state. Yeah. And if you have a tight pelvic floor, do not do Kegels. Hmm. It will make it worse. Well, and you can have a, and like, here's the thing too, is like, if you, like, let's say like you have incontinence, you're like, sometimes I pee when I laugh. Yeah. Ah, that can be a sign of not only maybe loose one or tight one because your pelvic floor is already so tight. Mm-hmm. It can't tighten anymore to stop urine. So what I'm and hearing also, with all like, of this though is like, yeah, you could see an actual medical professional for this stuff. Like, we're not giving medical advice here, just to be clear. No, we're just telling. Like, this is from your experience and the things that you've learned in your own journey that are that you're sharing. But also, yes, from my experience, go see a pelvic floor specialist. Yeah, and if you're having issues, there's a lot of other issues. That's like there's just have like one. I forget what it's called, but it's like called like. Uh, let me see. I had it pulled up. Uh. Uh, vulvodynia vulvodynia what is that which is just like tightening it's like chronic discomfort of the entrance of the vagina Mm -hmm. which um can be due to hypertonic pelvic floor it can also be you know so much of this stuff too as women is is mental by the way i have worked with somebody i said what is that because i don't i i don't feel like it's something that i know a lot about but i i have worked with somebody who has that and um she one of the things that was really important for that person was to not wear um like tight pants not wearing things yeah. where like the the fabric would you know rub up or hold up against tightly against your crotch so like a soft legging might be okay, but like anything that had an, a seam or an inseam was not, was uh, problematic. So looser yeah. fitting things, skirts, et cetera, was always a better way to go. So, you know, I mean, these are the kinds of things where I, I mentioned that too, because I think that there are, the thing that I worry about is that there are so many women out there or so many people out there who are experiencing these things who are not, um, who think that there's something wrong with them in a way as though it's like, something that can't be, um, dealt with because there is so much stuff that we are told. Like I remember getting an IUD. I got the Mirena, which is a hormonal Mm -hmm. IUD and having really strange, um, having really strange, uh, experiences with the IUD after a few years. And I thought, you know, in the they tell you like, oh, in the beginning you could have weird periods or whatever that can happen. I was having random little pains, <laughs> like just really yeah. strange little pains. And I was also having strange periods where it would like, I'd have a period for like 10 days and it would be really light, but it would be 
I would never know when it was going to end or when it was going to start again. And it, it never got regular. And so I remember going yeah. to see a gynecologist about it. And she was just basically like, she's kind of shrugged. And it's a woman. And she's just like, well, what do you want to do about it? She's like, these things just kind of happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was like, well, I guess take it out because I don't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the I had that experience. You know, I had that experience with my gynecologist with endometriosis. And I was like, well, what can we do? And she was like, look, they haven't done any studies on it since I was in medical school. So I don't really know what to tell you. Wow. Wow. And I was like, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. But it is like, it is, I do think that like as women, we've lost our connection to our feminine energy and I, I don't mean it in like I feel like I, I feel like it can kind of get into weird turfy sounding shit that's not what I mean at all okay you, every, anyone can have feminine energy right mm-hmm. but I feel like we you know we are so disconnected from our bodies mm-hmm. and from our body's needs just as like if you happen to be a femme person in a femme body, you're told from the very beginning that your body is bad. You have to change your body. It has to be smaller. Don't take up much space. Mm -hmm. And your whole sense of being gets disrupted. Yep. And energy wise, that is where your lower chakras, all of that is like your sense of being really. Yep. And that energy can get so disrupted and you don't even really notice it until like, I had that energy work done and I was like, oh my God, like I was, I was so stuck Yeah. and I didn't even notice how much like energy was not flowing. Yeah. And this is the thing is like, there's so much that we still don't know. It, it will not surprise me if a lot of the things that right now are considered to be quote unquote woo woo are, you know rooted in, are, are considered scientific in a few years or however many. You know, I remember when doctors thought acupuncture was, or Western doctors thought that acupuncture was bullshit. And now it's a protocol. Like now it's actually part of treatment for a lot of different things. So, you know, it doesn't yeah. surprise me. And I sometimes you do have to go outside of what the conventional stuff is because there isn't enough. Like you said, like your doctor saying, oh, we haven't had a study on endometriosis since I was in med school. You know, like that's, yeah. So you're kind of left to these things. I think the biggest thing that's important with this that everybody, whether you have a vagina or whatever, is just that that if you are experiencing something that feels not right, whether it's pain, whether it's tightness, whether you're, there's discomfort of any kind, um, practicing self-advocacy is something that I wish we were we taught in school. Like as somebody who has lupus, who has had to navigate the medical world and made all kinds of what feel like wackadoo decisions in order to prove that I was sick and things like that. Uh, you know, I, I was diagnosed when I was 17. So I had a lot, I had a long time to figure out how to navigate this shit. I wish that somebody from the very beginning had taught me how to better advocate for myself when I was sick or when something wasn't right. Because it has taken me, I'm 38 years old now, and I feel like I'm really only at this point now where I know these are the things I'm going to say, these are the things I'm going to do. I've had horrible experiences with doctors, not just in like, you know, my uh, 
my care for my like or like my advocacy and everything for my own sexual reproductive health, but just in general. Right. And so, yeah, learning how to advocate for yourself and learning how to ask the questions. I mean, I I don't know, maybe we should have an expert on to talk about that next, but it's it's uh, it's a whole thing. And I wish that there was more taught about it. I wish that that was something that we learned in school. Honestly, I wish we talked about sexual reproductive health in a way beyond just the anatomy in health class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that there's like there is way more because it is, you know, it is if you're having, you know, some some good old P and V sex, <laughs> you are essentially taking in somebody's energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And like and that's a scientific fact, by the way, we actually have yeah. studies around that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like and we ignore that like those feelings that our own body tells us that like, this is a good energy. This is a bad energy. Something is weird about this or like whatever it is, because I think that as women we're taught that like our uteruses and vaginas are vessels for men, Mm -hmm. right? What does vagina mean? Sheath. Yes. Yes. Or a sword. In Greek. So it's like, we're, we are vessels and that's, that's kind of it. Right. And you just have to have the bare minimum of upkeep. Make yeah. sure there's no cracks in the vessel. You're good. Yeah. I mean, it's, good to go. it's wild to like think about all the different things that throughout history we have thought about vaginas. Like, you know, you talked about the wandering, uh, the wandering uterus, the wandering womb of ancient Greece, you know, the ancient Rome. Uh, there was a, yeah. there was a guy who basically was like that wandering uterus thing. I don't, I don't buy that. He's like, but what if, hear me out, women just have an inside out penis that's like broken. (laughs) (laughs) We were just sort of like broken men. Never mind the fact that like one of us gives birth and the other one does not. Uh, You know, it was like, yeah, it's just like if you got an, you got, you either got an innie or you got an outie, but they're both dicks. And you know what's kind of funny about that? That's not totally yeah. inaccurate. That's true. I mean, but, however, we all do start out with a, a clitoris. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. And we, they all start, they still all start out as, you know, in the womb, we all start out as become ladies and then eventually it, it changes and you become a dickless. Or a, a dickless person or a dickful person. <laughs> well, this is the thing is like debatable that, we do, that that people with vaginas are dickless because uh, people with vaginas have the same amount of erectile tissue as people with penises. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, that's where I'm like, he was kind of onto something. He definitely did it through a patriarchal lens of like women are inferior to men. I definitely can imagine that like ancient Greek men just like in a coffee shop or whatever, a, an olive oil shop. I don't know. What did they drink? <laughs> just a bunch of oily olive men around being like, okay, look, hear me out. What if it was just an inside out penis? And they're like, this cannot be. I don't know. It could be possible. It could be. It's just a bunch of dudes just talking about what it could possibly be right. in like a very like a studious 
um, scholarly way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing is like, it feels really silly. Of course, it's ridiculous that people with vaginas are just inside out broken penises. But yeah, I, but it's actually a closer, it's a better theory than the wandering womb. Let's just say that. And the wandering womb is also kind of funny because, you know, you think about like endometriosis where you've got tissue that's growing outside of the uterus and all over, all throughout the body. And it's like, well, that's not actually totally off either to some extent. Yeah. But there's just so much we don't know. Um, there really is. We don't know shit. Well, so that's fine. It's funny because like on the one hand, I'm like, I, I get where all the hate comes from or all the frustration comes from with seeing a Kardashian launch a gummy that's probably, you know, not, I don't, I don't, it doesn't seem like it's going to be harmful. It just doesn't yeah. seem like it's going to do all that. It's more the mentality that's harmful. The idea that they, she created this gummy so that people can smell smell better and taste better and all these things and that's where we go back to the like what can we be insecure about 2023 we need new insecurities yeah like, well it is more it's just like you're just a vessel you're, you're just, just a vessel and right. i i know for a fact and if you're like well what about lesbians they eat each other out i know for a fact this is geared towards heterosexual right. women who are like but men will not want to eat me out because they'll be like it's icky yeah and it's the only time it's gross is you know i'm not even during your period i'm gonna say that you know that two to three days when it's done Mm -hmm. that's when that's the only time where i'm like i don't want anyone near this thing (laughs) well i think there's you know the thing that's so interesting is your ph does change uh at different times of the month and all of that is true but everybody's always looking for ph balance and that is, but there's something really interesting to me about the fact that we're all chasing like balance in these things when it is actually part of our natural cycle for things to change. And so I just wish, I think the thing that for me, going back to the gummies is like, you're right. It's totally the underlying uh, messaging is that you need to have a vagina that is quote unquote good enough. Um, yeah. I also think about how you have, you know, everything that you've said about having uh, tight vaginal walls versus and like a pelvic floor, like everything that goes back to pelvic floor and like your muscles being tight versus relaxing your pelvic floor. If I'm being honest, Jenny, how many women are actually if you're being honest, whoever, how many women do you think even think about the question of relaxing their pelvic floor in a time I- where everything is about having a tight vagina? Well, I think that if we're just going about our daily lives, if you were just sitting here and talking to me and I was like, hey, relax your pelvic floor, you would be like, oh, I didn't even know, notice I was holding on to it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's also like, can you tell me how? (laughs) How? Yeah, it's like, (laughs) it's like a lot of people are like, I do it, I feel like I'll piss myself. And it's like, well, there is a level in between. (laughs) You're not being yourself. Yeah. But you are relaxed. And it's usually you're letting your gut out, which a lot of people don't want to do. Right. Right. I mean, you're letting your gut out. Yeah. These are, this is all really important stuff, but I think you're also getting back to that thing of like, I don't know that most women ever think about relaxing their pelvic floor. I also think that it's such an interesting thing. You know, we opened this talking about fucking weasels and salamander bodies and everything. And that is a body that looks very tight and taught and yeah it's 
it's very slim and slender and um not not sharp but you know it's uh a salamander but this all <laughs> got goes skin back. holding everything in right and this all goes back to that thing of like we have we are decentering our own pleasure and comfort once again in these things to worry about how the other person is experiencing our body, whether it's sucking in so that people don't see our tummies, uh, whether it is worrying about making sure that your vagina stays tight, whether it's worrying about uh, how it smells, how it tastes, all of those things, when none of it is at the end of the day, still none of it is really about you. It's still about, yeah. and I don't mean you, Jenny, I mean just the royal you, you know, <laughs> the, the royal yeah. everybody. It's not about the individual walking around in the world with the vagina, like wanting to seek pleasure, wanting to feel healthy, wanting to um, uh, be able to advocate for themselves when something's wrong or any of that. It's all about, yeah. you know, how does someone else experience our bodies? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, kind of to tie it in together. It's like the root chakra is about, am I safe? Am I grounded? Mm. Am I in the, am I in my own experience? Mm -hmm. Right. And culture would have women not be in their own experience as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's probably, you know, a lot of like, disassociative like shit yeah and not connecting to yourself and it can you know if you're not in it you're gonna comp you're like your body's gonna compensate in other weird ways yeah to keep itself grounded yep yep oh man so go see a pelvic floor specialist everybody yeah go, go get go get the the tubes and the and the tubers and the tunnels and the you know get it all looked at get it all get a little a little mario in there it's <laughs> a me got it just a mario i mean I, you know i think the other thing is just like maybe not everybody's gonna go see a pelvic floor specialist but at very least like having that curiosity and asking yourself like am i who am i doing this for and also what feels good for me and uh are there things i'm ignoring or whatever i think those are all really important things to be able to ask yeah. ourselves and that is the answer to what do i need to be insecure about in 2023 the answer is nothing yeah. unless nothing. you have discomfort if that insecurity is there just be curious about it versus be having yeah. somebody else tell you what you should be insecure about yeah and i, I will say if you are like kind of having this if you if the things that I've gone through have resonated with you start off with seeing a, uh, a pelvic floor PT and see see what they say because um it just so many things can mirror other things mm -hmm. like maybe it will help if not you get a you get an internal massage what's so wrong about that sounds great well yeah I also do legally have to give the disclaimer that you are not giving medical advice, Jenny. <laughs> I'm not giving medical advice, but go do it. You're like, ah, it's fun. It's a party. I'm giving life advice. Yeah, there you go. Go um, do it. 
Well, Jenny, this has been uh, both a fun and infuriating episode, I think. Fun, infuriating, exciting. And now everyone knows literally everything about my vagina, my sexual dysfunction, uh, my sexual functions. And I just want everyone to know that having sex with me is a pleasure. Okay. <laughs> it's a great time. Everyone's happy. I believe it's it. tight. It's tight as hell. Tight as hell. You will not be disappointed. I mean, I, you know, I've never experienced it myself firsthand, but. But I, I, I did, I did get the womb witch worked on and I haven't taken it for, I haven't taken my new vagina for a spin yet. That's the oh, problem. Well, I really want to see if, you know, if her digging around has helped any issues. <laughs> digging around. I just picture someone with like a little, like a little gardening shovel, like a tiny little hoe going in there and like planting seeds. <laughs> what I picture. I will say there was, there was this one moment cause another friend uh, went and saw her Um where I knew clearly that she just had one finger in there, mm. but it felt like her whole hand was. Oh there. wow! Like with the mu- the the muscle she was using, the shoulder strength. I was like, "What is she doing in there? Why does it feel like?" Yep. Like everyone is inside because everybody energetically is inside. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, Jenny, uh, on that Love note, I, am, I have done New York, come see me. Yeah, go see you. I was just going to say that on that note, I have done my kegels throughout this because um, it felt like you can't think about kegels and not do them. I'm at style ethic. Uh, what am I? I'm at style ethic on everything. <laughs> Jenny, what are you? I'm at Jenny Zagrino on everything except TikTok, which is Jenny Zagrino comedy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right. Posting new stuff every day. Well, stay Kinda. cute. Stay gaudy. I have pink hair now. That's right. That is right. Is there a crisis? Uh, I don't think that's a crisis. I think that is an elevation. So let's just be fucked do you, think, do you think I should keep it pink for I love it. For, for a while? Let's run a I survey like on Instagram, on the Gaudy Positive Instagram. Oh, yeah. And you can follow us on Instagram at Gaudy Positive Show. Why do we never promote yeah. that? I, you know what? I don't know. We never promote it. <laughs> okay, let's end this podcast, huh? Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.